Two of The Devil is an Ass by Ben Jonson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One A Room in Fitzdotterell's House. Enter Fitzdotterell, Engine, and Meercraft, followed by trains with a bag and three or four attendants. Sir, money is a whore, a bawd, a drudge, fit to run out on errands. Let her go. Via pecunia, when she's run and gone and fled and dead, then will I fetch her again with aqua vitae out of an old hogshead. While there are lees of wine or dregs of beer, I'll never want her. Coin her out of cobwebs, dust, but I'll have her. Raise wool upon eggshells, sir, and make grass grow out of marrow-bones to make her come. To first attendant. Commend me to your mistress. Say, let the thousand pound but be head ready, and it is done. Exit first attendant. I would but see the creature of flesh and blood, the man, the prince indeed, that could employ so many millions as I would help him to. How talks he? Millions! Meercraft to second attendant. I'll give you an account of this to-morrow. Exit second attendant. Yes, I will take no less, and do it too. If they were myriads, and without the devil by direct means, it shall be good in law. Sir? Meercraft to third attendant. Tell Master Woodcock I'll not fail to meet him upon the exchange at night. Pray him to have the writings there, and will dispatch it. Exit third attendant. Sir? you are a gentleman of a good presence a handsome man i have considered you as a fit stock to graft honours upon i have a project to make you a duke now that you must be one within so many months as i set down out of true reasons of state you shall not avoid it but you must hearken then hearken why sir do you doubt his ears alas you do not know master fitzdotterell it does not know me indeed i thank you engine for rectifying him good why engine then i'll tell it you i see you have credit here and that you can keep counsel i'll not question he shall but be an undertaker with me in a most feasible business it shall cost him nothing good sir except he pleave but's countenance that i will have to appear in to great men for which i'll make him one he shall not draw a string of's purse i'll drive his patent for him we'll take in citizens commoners and aldermen to bear the charge and blow them off again like so many dead flies when it is carried the thing is for recovery of drowned land whereof the crown's to have a moiety if it be owner else the crown and owners to share that moiety and the recoverers to enjoy t'other moiety for their charge throughout england yes which will arrive to eighteen millions seven the first year i have computed all and made my survey unto my acre 
I'll begin at the pan, not at the skirts, as some have done, and lost all that they wrought, their timber-work, their trench, their banks, all borne away, or else filled up by the next winter. Tut, they never want the way. I'll have it all. A gallant tractor land it is. Twill yield a pound an acre. We must let cheap ever at first. But, sir, this looks too large for you, I see. Come hither. We'll have a less. Here's a plain fellow. Points to trains. You see him has his black bag of papers there in buckram. Will not be sold for the earldom of Pancridge. Draw. Give me out one by chance. Trains gives him a paper out of the bag. Project four dog-skins. Twelve thousand pound, the very worst at first. Pray you let's see it, sir. Tis a toy, a trifle. Trifle? Twelve thousand pound for dog-skins? Yes, but by my way of dressing, you must know, sir, and medicining the leather to a height of improved wear, like your Boraccio of Spain, sir, I can fetch nine thousand for it. Of the king's glover? Yes, how heard you that? Sir, I do know ye can. Within this hour, and reserve half my secret. Pluck another. See if thou hast a happier hand. Trains draws out another. I thought so. The very next worst to it. Bottle ale. Yet this is two and twenty thousand. Prithee pull out another, two or three. Good. Stay, friend. By bottle ale two and twenty thousand pound? Yes, sir. It's cast to penny halfpenny farthing. On the back side, there you may see it. Read. I will not bait a Harrington of the sum. I'll win it in my water and my malt, my furnaces and hanging of my coppers, the tunning and the subtlety of my yest, and then the earth of my bottles which I dig turn up and steep and work and kneel myself to a degree of porcelain. You will wonder at my proportions what I will put up in seven years, for so long time I ask for my invention. I will save in cork in my mere stoppling above three thousand pound within that term by gouging of them out just to the size of my bottles and not slicing. There's infinite loss in that. Trains draws out another. What hast thou there? Oh, making wine of raisins. This is in hand now. Is not that strange, sir, to make wine of raisins? yes and as true a wine as the wines of france or spain or italy look of what grape my raisin is that wine i'll render perfect and of the muscatel grape i'll render muscatel of the canary his the claret his so of all kinds and bait you to the prices of wine throughout the kingdom half in half but how sir if you raise the other commodity raisins why, then I'll make it out of blackberries, and it shall do the same. Tis but more art, and the charge less. Take out another. No, good sir, save you the trouble. I'll not look, nor hear of any but your first there. The drowned land. If it will do as you say. Sir, there's not place to give you demonstration of these things. They are a little too subtle. But I could show you such a necessity in it as you must be but what you please, against the received heresy that England bears no dukes. Keep you the land, sir. The greatness of the estate shall throw it upon you. 
if you like better turning it to money what may not you sir purchase with that wealth say you should part with two of your millions to be the thing you would who would not do it as i protest i will out of my dividend lay for some pretty principality in italy from the church now you perhaps fancy the smoke of england rather but have you no private room sir to draw to to enlarge ourselves more upon oh yes devil these sir are businesses asked to be carried with caution and in cloud i apprehend they do sir enter pug devil which way is your mistress above sir in her chamber oh that's well uh, then this way good sir i shall follow you trains give me the bag and go you presently commend my service to my lady tailbush tell her i am come from court this morning say i have got our business moved and well entreat her that she shall give you the fourscore angels and see them disposed of to my counsel sir paul either side some time to-day i'll wait upon her ladyship with the relation exit trains engine aside to fitzdottrell sir of what despatch he is do you mark engine when did you see my cousin everell keeps he still your quarter in the bermudas yes sir he was writing this morning very hard be not you known to him that i am come to town i have effected a business for him but i would have it take him before he thinks for it is it past not yet tis well of the way oh sir your worship takes infinite pains i love friends to be active a sluggish nature puts off man and kind and such a blessing follows it i thank my fate pray you let's be private sir in here where none may interrupt us exeunt meercraft and engine you hear devil lock the street doors fast and let no one in except they be this gentleman's followers to trouble me and do you mark you have heard and seen something to-day and by it you may gather your mistress is a fruit that's worth the stealing and therefore worth the watching be you sure now you have all your eyes about you and let in no lace-woman nor bawd that brings french masks and cut-works see you nor old crones with wafers to convey letters nor no youths disguised like country wives with cream and marrow puddings much knavery may be vented in a pudding much body intelligence they are shrewd ciphers nor turn the key to any neighbour's need be it but to kindle fire or beg a little put it out rather all out to an ash that they may see no smoke or water spill it knock on the empty tubs that by the sound they may be forbid entry say we are robbed if any come to borrow a spoon or so i will not have good fortune or god's blessing let in while i am busy i'll take care sir they shall not trouble you if they would well do so exit <sighs> i have no singular service of this now nor no superlative master i shall wish to be in hell again at leisure bring a vice from thence that had been such a subtlety as to bring broadcloth hither or transport fresh oranges into spain 
i find it now my chief was in the right can any fiend boast of a better vice than here by nature and art dare owners of hell never own me but i am taken the fine tract of it pulls me along to hear men such professors grown in our subtlest sciences my first act now shall be to make this master of mine cuckold <laughs> the primitive work of darkness i will practise i will deserve so well of my fair mistress by my discoveries first my counsels after and keeping counsel after that as whosoever is one i will be another sure i'll have my share <laughs> most delicate damned fleshy will be oh that i could stay time now midnight will come too fast upon me i fear to cut my pleasure enter mrs fitzdottrell look at the back door one knocks see who it is pug aside dainty she devil exit i cannot get this venture of the cloak out of my fancy nor the gentleman's way he took which though it was strange yet it was handsome and had a grace withal beyond the newness sure he will think me that dull stupid creature he said and may conclude it if i find not some thought to thank the attempt he did presume by all the carriage of it on my brain for answer and will swear it is very barren if it can yield him no return re-enter pug who is it mistress it is but first let me assure the excellence of mistresses i am although my master's man my mistress's slave the servant of her secrets and sweet turns and know what fitly will conduce to either what's this i pray you come to yourself and think what your part is to make an answer tell who is at the door the gentleman mistress who was at the cloak charge to speak with you this morning who expects only to take some small commandments from you what you please worthy your form he says and gentlest manners oh you'll anon prove his hired man i fear what has he given you for this message sir bid him put off his hopes of straw and leave to spread his nets in view thus though they take master fitzdottrell i am no such foul nor fair one will be had with stalking and wish him to forbear his acting to me at the gentleman's chamber window in lincoln's inn there that opens to my gallery else i swear to acquaint my husband with his folly and leave him to the just rage of his offended jealousy or if your master's sense be not so quick to write me tell him i shall find a friend that will repair me say i will be quiet in mine own house pray you in those words give it to him <laughs> this is some fool turned exit if he be the master now of that state and wit which i allow him sure he will understand me i durst not be more direct for this officious fellow my husband's new groom is a spy upon me i find already yet if he but tell him this in my words 
he cannot but conceive himself both apprehended and requited i would not have him think he met a statue or spoke to one not there though i were silent re-enter pug how now have you told him yes and what says he says he that which myself would say to you if i durst that you are proud sweet mistress and withal a little ignorant to entertain the good that's proffered and by your beauty's leave not all so wise as some true politic wife would be who having matched with such a nupson i speak it with my master's peace whose face hath left to accuse him now for it doth confess him what you can make him will yet out of scruple and a spiced conscience defraud the poor gentleman at least delay him in the thing he longs for and makes it his whole study how to compass only a title could but he write cuckold he had his ends for look you mrs fitzdottrell aside this can be none but my husband's wit my precious mistress mrs fitzdottrell aside it creaks his engine the groom never durst be else so saucy if it were not clearly his worshipful ambition and the top of it the very forked top too why should he keep you thus mured up in a back-room mistress allow you never a casement to the street fear of engendering by the eyes with gallons forbid you paper pen and ink like redspain search your half-pint of muscatel lest a letter be sunk in the pot and hold your new-laid egg against the fire lest any charm be writ there will you make benefit of truth dear mistress if i do tell it you i do it not often i am set over you employed indeed to watch your steps your looks your very breathings and to report them to him now if you will be a true right delicate sweet mistress why we will make a coax of this wise master we will my mistress an absolute fine coax and mock to air all the deep diligences of such a solemn and effectual ass an ass to so good purpose as we'll use him i will contrive it so that you shall go to plays to masks to meetings and to feasts for why is all this rigging and fine tackle mistress if you need handsome vessels of good sail put not forth ever and anon with your nets abroad into the world it is your fishing there you shall choose your friends your servants lady your squires of honour i'll convey your letters fetch answers do you all the offices that can belong to your blood and beauty and for the variety at my times although i am not in due symmetry the man of that proportion or in rule of physic of the just complexion or of that truth of picardil in clothes to boast a sovereignty over ladies 
yet i know to do my turns sweet mistress come kiss how now dear delicate mistress i am your slave your little worm that loves you your fine monkey your dog your jack your pug that longs to be styled of your pleasures mrs fitzdottrell aloud hear you all this sir pray you come from your standing do a little spare yourself sir from your watch to plot your squire that so well follows your instructions enter fitzdottrell how now sweetheart what is the matter good you are a stranger to the plot you said not your saucy devil here to tempt your wife with all the insolent uncivil language or action he could vent <gasps> did you so devil not you you were not planted in your hole to hear him upon the stairs or here behind the hangings i do not know your qualities he durst do it and you not give directions you shall see wife whether he durst or no and what it was i did direct exit sweet mistress are you mad re-enter fitzdottrell with a cudgel you most mere rogue you open manifest villain you fiend apparent you you declared hell-hound good sir good knave good rascal and good traitor now i do find you parcel devil indeed upon the point of trust in your first charge the very day of your probation to tempt your mistress beats pug you do see good wedlock how i directed him why where sir were you nay there is one blow more for exercise strikes him again i told you i should do it would you had done sir oh wife the rarest man there's another to put you in mind of the last beats him again such a brave man wife within he has his projects and does vent them the gallantest were you tentiginous ah would you be acting over the incubus did her silks rustling move you gentle sir out of my sight if thy name were not devil thou shouldst not stay a minute with me in go yet stay yes yet go too i am resolved what i will do and you shall know it aforehand soon as the gentleman is gone do you hear i'll help your lisping exit pug why such a man wife he has such plots he will make me a duke no less by heaven six mares to your coachwife that's your proportion and your coachman bald because he shall be bare enough do not you laugh we are looking for a place and all in the map what to be of have faith be not an infidel you know i am not easy to be gulled i swear when i have my millions else i'll make another duchess if you have not faith you'll have too much i fear in these false spirits spirits oh no such thing wife wit mere wit this man defies the devil and all his works he does by engine and devices he he has his winged ploughs that go with sails will plough you forty acres at once and mills will spout you water ten miles off all crowland is ours wife 
and the fens from us in Norfolk to the utmost bounds in Lincolnshire. We have viewed it and measured it with an awe by the scale, the richest tract of land love in the kingdom. There will be made seventeen or eighteen millions or more, as it may be handled. Wherefore, think, sweetheart, if thou hast a fancy to one place more than another to be duchess of, now name it. I will have it, but ere it cost, it will be had for money, either here or in France or Italy. You have strange fantasies. Enter Meercraft and Engine. Where are you, sir? I see thou hast no talent this way, wife. Up to thy gallery, do chuck. Leave us to talk of it, who understand it. Exit Mrs. Fitzdottrell. I think we have found a place to fit you now, sir. Gloucester. Oh, no, I'll none. Why, sir? Tis fatal. That you say right in. Spencer, I think the younger, had his last honour thence, but he was but earl. I know not that, sir, but Thomas of Woodstock, I'm sure, was duke, and he was made away at Caris, as Duke Humphrey was at Bury. And Richard the Third, you know, what end he came to. By my faith, you are cunning in the chronicle, sir. No, oh, I confess I have it from the playbooks. I think they are more authentic. That is sure, sir. Meercraft whispers him. What say you to this, then? No, a noble house pretends to that. I will do no man wrong. Then take one proposition more and hear it as past exception. What is that? To be duke of those lands you shall recover. Take your title then, sir. Duke of the Drowned Lands, or Drowned Land. Ha! <laughs> that last is a good sound. I like it well. The Duke of Drowned Land. Yes, it goes like a grain land, sir, if you mark it. Aye, and drawing thus your honour from the work, you make the reputation of that greater, and stay at the longer in your name. "'Tis true. Drowned lands will live in drowned land. <laughs> yes, when you have no foot left, as that must be, sir, one day. And though it tarry in your ears some forty, fifty descents, the longer liver at last yet must thrust them out on, if no quirk in law or odd vice of their own not do it first. We see those changes daily. The fair lands that were the clients are the lawyers now, and those rich manners there of goodman tailors had once more wood upon them than the yard by which they were measured out for the last purchase. Nature hath these vicissitudes. She makes no man a state of perpetuity, sir. You are in the right. Let's in, then, and conclude. Re-enter Pug. In my sight again? I'll talk with you anon. Exeunt Fitzdottrell, Meercraft, and Engine. Sure he will geld me if I stay. Or worse, pluck out my tongue. One of the two. This fool, there is no trusting of him. And to quit him were contempt against my chief past pardon. Ah, it was a shrewd disheartening this at first. Who would have thought a woman so well harnessed or rather well caparisoned, indeed that wears such petticoats and lace to her smocks, broad-seeming laces, as I see them hang there, and garters which are lost if she can show them, could have done this. Hell, why is she so brave? It cannot be to please Duke Dottrell, sure, nor the dull pictures in her gallery. 
nor her own dear reflection in her glass yet that may be i have known many of them begin their pleasure but none end it there that i consider as i go along with it they may for want of better company or that they think the better spend an hour two three or four discoursing with their shadow but sure they have a farther speculation no woman dressed with so much care and study doth dress herself in vain i'll vex this problem a little more before i leave it sure exit scene two manley's chambers in lincoln's inn opposite fitzdottrell's house enter whittapole and manley this was a fortune happy above thought that this should prove thy chamber which i feared would be my greatest trouble this must be the very window and that the room it is i now remember i have often seen there a woman but i never marked her much where was your soul friend faith but now and then awaken to those objects you pretend so let me not live if i am not in love more with her wit for this direction now than with her form though i have praised that prettily since i saw her and you to-day read those gives him the copy of a song they'll go unto the air you love so well try them unto the note maybe the music will call her sooner light she's here sing quickly mrs fitzdottrell appears at a window of her house fronting that of manley's chambers either he understood him not or else the fellow was not faithful in delivery of what i bade and i am justly paid that might have made my profit of his service but by mistaking i have drawn on his envy and done the worst defeat upon myself manley sings how music then he may be there and is sure enter pug behind pug aside oh is it so is there the interview have i drawn to you at last my cunning lady the devil is an ass fooled off and beaten nay made an instrument and could not send it well since you have shown the malice of a woman no less than her true wit and learning mistress i'll try if little pug have the malignity to recompense it and so save his danger tis not the pain but the discredit of it the devil should not keep a body entire exit away fall back she comes i leave you sir the master of my chamber i have business exit mistress mrs fitzdottrell advances to the window you make me paint sir they are fair colours lady and natural i did receive some commands from you lately gentle lady but so perplexed and wrapped in the delivery as i may fear to have misinterpreted but must make suit still to be near your grace who is there with you sir none but myself 
it falls out lady to be a dear friend's lodging wherein there's some conspiracy of fortune with your poor servant's blessed affections who was it sung he lady but he's gone upon my entreaty of him seeing you approach the window neither need you doubt him if he were here he is too much a gentleman sir if you judge me by this simple action and by the outward habit and complexion of easiness it has to your design you may with justice say i am a woman and a strange woman but when you shall please to bring but that concurrence of my fortune to memory which to-day yourself did urge it may beget some favour like excuse though none like reason no my tuneful mistress then surely love hath none nor beauty any nor nature violenced in both these with all whose gentle tongues you speak at once i thought i had enough removed already that scruple from your breast and left you all reason when through my morning's perspective i showed you a man so above excuse as he's the cause why anything is to be done upon him and nothing called an injury misplaced i rather now had hope to show you how love by his accesses grows more natural and what was done this morning with such force was but devised to serve the present then that since love hath the honour to approach thy sister swelling breasts and touch this soft and rosy hand he hath the skill to draw their nectar forth with kissing and could make more wanton salts from this brave promontory down to this valley than the nimble roe could play the hopping sparrow about these nets and sport squirrel in these crisped grooves bury himself in every silkworm's kell is here unravelled run into the snare which every hair is cast into a curl to catch a cupid flying bathe himself in milk and roses here and dry him there warm his cold hands to play with his smooth round and well-torn chin as with the billiard-ball roll on these lips the banks of love and there at once both plant and gather kisses lady shall i with what i have made to-day here call all sense to wonder and all faith to sign the mysteries revealed in your form and will love pardon me the blasphemy i utter when i said a glass could speak this beauty or that fools had power to judge it do but look on her eyes they do light all that love's world compriseth do but look on her hair it is bright as love's star when it riseth do but mark her forehead smoother than words that soothe her and from her arched brows such a grace sheds itself through the face as alone there triumphs to the life all the gain all the good of the element strife have you seen but a bright lily grow before rude hands hath touched it have you marked but the fall of the snow before the soil hath smutched it have you felt the wool of the beaver or swan's down ever or have smelt of the bud of the briar or the nard in the fire or have tasted the bag of the bee oh so white oh so soft oh so sweet is she fitzdottrell appears at his wife's back is she so sir and i will keep her so if i know how or can that wit of man will do it i'll go no farther at this window she shall no more be buzzed at take your leave on't 
if you be sweetmeat, sweatlock, or sweet flesh, all's one. I do not love this hum about you. A fly-blown wife is not so proper. In! For you, you, sir, look to hear from me. So I do, sir. No, but in other terms. There's no man offers this to my wife, but pays for it. That have I, sir. Nay, then, I'll tell you. You are... What am I, sir? Why, that I'll think on when I have cut your throat. Go, you are an ass. I am resolved on't, sir. I think you are. To call you to a reckoning. Away, you broker's block, you property. Liar, if you strike me, I will strike your mistress. Strikes Mrs. Fitzdottrell and leads her out. Oh, I could shoot mine eyes at him for that now, or leave my teeth in him, were they cuckled bane enough to kill him. What prodigious, blind, and most wicked change of fortune's this! I have no air of patience. All my veins swell, and my sinews start at the iniquity of it. I shall break, break! Exit. Scene 3. Another room in Fitzdottrell's house. Enter Pug. This for the malice of it, and my revenge may pass. Ah, but now my conscience tells me I have profited the cause of hell but little in the breaking off their loves, which, if some other act of mine repair not, I shall hear ill of in my account. Enter Fitzdottrell and his wife. Oh, but could you do this against me and at this time now, when I was so employed, only for you, drowned in my care, more than the land I swear I have hoped to win, to make you peerless, studying for footmen for you, fine paced hessers, pages to serve you on the knee, with one night's wife to bear your train, and sit with your four women in council, and receive intelligences from foreign parts, to dress you at all pieces. You've almost turned my good affection to you. Sound my sweet thoughts, my pure purposes. I could now find in my very heart to make another Lady Duchess and depose you. Well, go your ways in. Exit Mrs. Fitzdottrell. Devil, you have redeemed all. I do forgive you, and I'll do you good. Exit Pug. Enter Meercraft and Engine. Why have you these excursions? Where have you been, sir? Where I have been vexed a little with a toy. Oh, sir, no toys must trouble your grey head. Now it is growing to be great. You must be above all those things. Nay, nay, so I will. Now you are toward the Lord, you must put off the man, sir. He says true. You must do nothing as you have done it heretofore, not know or salute any man. That was your bedfellow the other month. The other month, the week, thou dost not know the privileges, engine. Follow that title, nor how swift, to-day, when he has put on his lord's face once, then— Sir, if these things I shall do well enough, there is no fear of me. But then my wife is such an untoward thing, or she'll never learn how to comport with it. 
I am out of all conceit on her behalf. Best have her taught, sir. Where? Are there any schools for ladies? Is there an academy for women? I do know for men there was. I learned in it myself to make my legs and do my postures. Engine whispers to Meercraft. Sir, do you remember the conceit you had of the Spanish gown at home? Ah, I do thank thee with all my heart, dear Engine. Sir, there is a certain lady here about the town, an English widow, who hath lately travelled, but she is called the Spaniard, cause she came latest from thence, and keeps the Spanish habit. Such a rare woman! All our women here, that are of spirit and fashion, flock unto her, as to their president, their law, their canon, more than they ever did to oracle foremen. Such rare receipt she has, sir, for the face, such oils, such tinctures, such pomantums, such perfumes, medicines, quintessences, etc., and such a mistress of behaviour, she knows from the duke's daughter to the doxy what is their due just and no more. Oh, sir, you please me in this more than mine own greatness. Where is she? Let us have her. By your patience we must use means, cast how to be acquainted. Good sir, about it. We must think how first. Ah, oh, I do not love to tarry for a thing when I have a mind to it. You do not know me, if you do offer it. Your wife must send some pretty token to her, with a compliment, and pray to be received in her good graces. All the great ladies do it. She shall, she shall. What were it best to be? Some little toy. I would not have it any great matter, sir. A diamond ring of forty or fifty pound would do it handsomely, and be a gift fit for your wife to send and her to take. I'll go and tell my wife on straight. Exit. Why, this is well, the clothes we have now, but where's the lady? If we could get a witty boy now, Engine, that were an excellent crack. I could instruct him to the true height, for anything takes the dotterel. Why, sir, the best will be one of the players. No, there's no trusting them. They'll talk of it and tell their poets. What if they do? The jest will brook the stage, but there be some of them are very honest lads. There's Dicky Robinson, a very pretty fellow, and comes often to a gentleman's chamber, a friend of mine. We had the merriest supper of it there one night. The gentleman's landlady invited him to a gossip's feast. Now he, sir, brought Dick Robinson, dressed like a lawyer's wife amongst them all. I lent him clothes. But to see him behave it, and lay the law, and carve, and drink unto them, and then talk bawdy, and send frolics. Oh, it would have burst your buttons, or not left you a seam. They say he's an ingenious youth. Oh, sir, and dresses himself the best beyond forty of your very ladies. Did you never see him? No, I do seldom see those toys, but think you that we may have him? Sir, the young gentleman I tell you of can command him. Shall I attempt it? Yes, do it. Re-enter Fitzdottrell. Slight! I cannot get my wife to part with a ring on any terms, and yet the sullen monkey has two. It were gainst reason that you should urge it. Sir, send to a goldsmith. Let her not lose by it. How does she lose by it? Is it not for her? 
make it your own bounty it will have the better success what is a matter of fifty pound to you sir i have but a hundred pieces to show here that i would not break you shall have credit sir i'll send a ticket unto my goldsmith enter trains here my man comes too to carry it fitly how now trains what birds your cousin Everill met me and has beat me because i would not tell him where you were i think he has dogged me to the house too well you shall go out at the back door then trains you must get guilthead hither by some means it is impossible tell him we are venison i'll give him a piece and send his wife a pheasant exit a forest moves not till that forty pound you had of him last be paid he keeps more stir for that same petty sum than for your bond of six and statute of eight hundred tell him we'll hedge in that cry up fitz dotrell to him double his price make him a man of metal that will not need his bond is current enough exeunt end of act two